ready? We're ready. Guys, we're recording in person. I know. Gosh, how long? For the first time in, I think since episode one of, I think when we did our, when we recorded Essential Kapama 1 and Bayanlish 1 and 2. Okay. I think you're right. I think that's the last time we recorded in person. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, the internet is just really convenient. It is. To record. It's really convenient. Especially with my schedule. So that's been... That's been nice. Yeah. But I just always feel like we sound so much more professional when we record in person. Not that it doesn't. I mean, no, we're I, not professionals, guys. Uh, we're not claiming <laughs> to be. But <laughs> No, but I understand. And it's there's something different about it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's easier for me to kind of get into the mindset of recording, too. Yeah. If we're in person. Yeah. And well, and I think it helps that like we have. I mean, it's not just a recording room. Right. But it's, like, been our space, and we recorded every single episode of season one in person. That's true. So I think we just kind of got our groove, and, mm-hmm. but, yeah, that's just not possible with this particular season. So I know. It's fun when we get to, though. Um, so hi, you guys. Um, I hope you all are doing well. Uh, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. I'm Kristen. I'm Ashley. And we're talking about volume six of Central Kapama today. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, we do have just a tiny bit of housekeeping. Um, we did get a message from Lyell on Instagram. And she pointed out just something small. We didn't really, um, we went over this scene, but we didn't dig too much into it. Mm. Um and so, and part of it could have been the translation. But she says, when I when Idan asks Ifair where they are from in Marden, which I think you might have actually touched on this a little bit, uh-huh. Melo starts to answer, mm. and like kind of specifically, but that they own, because she starts to say, what she's actually saying is like, we, they own the entire city, like the whole city is theirs. Oh. But Ifair basically shuts her up before she can fully finish that sentence. And just says, oh, she just means we're from we're from everywhere in Marden. Like, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So that, I'll bet that was partially a translation yeah. issue. Yeah, because I remember that my translation said that Melo was saying inside. inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I thought she was being um, sketchy about it too, and right. like vague or even sarcastic. Like, yeah, oh, where am I from? I'm from inside Marden. Like. Uh, but it, I, according to Lyle, it was more like she was kind of basically saying like, like yeah, we're from everywhere there because it's basically their city, right? Which then puts more theory into the whole uh, castle thing and like, the grandma, uh huh. Mm-hmm. So it lines up. So wow. I wanted to make sure I read this because it's from it's it's probably from a couple weeks ago now. But anyhow, um, and okay. then she says, so I don't really understand why I done couldn't find anything on Edda and her family yet. So she says, which, again, I think you and I touched on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, if they're so well known, it's kind of weird because you know she's looked into her. Oh, totally. So it's like, why is nothing coming up? So she says, maybe she changed her last name to Yildiz. That was my first thought. Yeah. And that this is the reason. It's obvious that Edda's parents were involved in some accident that led to their death. And it's probably what has to do with Edda being so terrified of closed spaces, mm. depending on, like, what that accident was. Right. Maybe she was like, like maybe trapped she in a was car. Tra- uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
they had to use the jaws of life to get her out yep. or something like that. She says every time she thinks of her parents, she's looking at the sky and she has that star tattoo. So mm-hmm. I think that maybe she decided to change her last name to feel closer to them this way. Hmm. So, Interesting. And I love and that And that would make them not traceable. Right. By that last name. To, mm-hmm, especially because she obviously wants to be fully removed right. from that, from the grandparents. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense to do a name change. Right. Yep. So Very I just wanted to make sure I I actually took a screenshot of that message before we started recording for Bayamlish last week. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, it'd be dumb to read it on that episode because it's not about that show. Right. But I right. so I wanted to make sure I didn't forget because I was like, ooh, I like this. This is yeah. This is interesting. So. And do we know? Does Ifer have the same last name as Ida? I actually don't know. I was just thinking about that. That's funny because. It would make sense that she doesn't necessarily because she's an aunt. And if it's an aunt on her mom's Mother's side, side and yeah. she had her dad's last name, or again, if only Edda changed to Yildiz. Right. Or if the two of them did in mm-hmm. solidarity kind right. of a situation because yep. she, her aunt raised her anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like hmm. it could totally be, yeah, neither one is questionable. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not weird to have a different last name than your aunt, but it's not weird to have the same last name as your aunt. Right. So. Time Very will tell. Interesting. Uh-huh. Time will tell. I mean, we got some big reveals in this episode. We so. did. We really did. So I forgot to write down the hashtag, you guys. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that opening scene, we pick up where we well, a little before where we left off. We yeah. get to replay that the whole thing. Uh-huh. The swoop and carry, or as I've been calling it, the officer and a gentleman. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if anybody's seen that movie, but the final scene. Richard Gere swoops into the factory that uh, uh, what's her name Deborah Winger is working at, and mm-hmm. he just like walks through there like a man on a mission. And he picks her up and he <laughs> carries her out. <laughs> I've never seen that movie actually. Well, you could totally just YouTube the final scene, and you would right absolutely get what I was talking about. <laughs> but I don't know if many people would really understand that reference because the movie's from like 1985 or something crazy like that. So I mean, if it's Richard Gere, then yeah, that makes sense. I think that movie's older than I am. So <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, so what I did find weird though is we don't actually get any boat time. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, I have a theory that we're gonna get flashback to it later on, like. When they're apart, when this whole contracting ends or something inevitably blows up in their faces. Yeah. One or both of them will reflect on their time together and one of those things will be the time in the boat. And there's another scene later that when we get to it, I also believe is going to be in a flashback. I don't believe. I To me, I'm like, no, we can't not see what happened during both of those things. Right. Yeah. So. I, I definitely could see that. But we see them driving back mm-hmm. after whole boat trip so and it's dark so theoretically they've spent hours Mm -hmm. out on the boat or at least a significant amount of time because now they're headed to the airport and everybody's going home yeah so um she edda is telling him thank you you know you didn't even get your prize and selena's waiting to talk to you um and he basically she's like yeah it's all because of me and he is telling her not a big deal mm-hmm. not because of you i did it for you i loved that yeah i loved that he was like you were willing to go and lie to the press for me uh-huh and basically like yeah the least i could do was be by your side right 
And I love that because this very well could have gone the other direction of what were you thinking? Why would you go talk to them? I told you I don't talk to the, I can't talk to the press about, like, you know, the whole flashback she had about what a big deal it was the first time yes. when everything happened in front of the paparazzi. Right. Uh, so I'm really glad to see that that's not how he took it. Like, mm-hmm. he saw it as, like, she was making a personal sacrifice. Yeah. And, and he appreciated it. And mm-hmm. so he was like, of course, I'll stand by you when you're doing this for me. Yes. And so then she that. asks how he even found out. And Angin, good old Angin. Angin, our sweet baby <laughs> angel. So he's the one who went up and told him what was going on. And Yeah. Uh, and that was my theory because we had a couple of people uh, message us to be like, well, how do you think he found out? Like, because he got to her side pretty dang quickly. And yeah. I was like, well, I and I said, I think off camera, he basically finished up his speech real quick. Mm. And probably went to the group and was like, what the heck's going on? And just sure. got a quick, basic, you know, lowdown. Right. So it was pretty close to that. But it it would figure it's Ingen because he, he loves Ada. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, one of the original shippers. It's true. <laughs> on this show. Yep. And yeah, he does love Ada. He, we, we see that even more this episode. Yes. Um, we do switch over to the other car where the rest of the team is, which yeah, I sort of love right. that they're not all in the same like limo or car, or whatever. Um, but they're kind of going over the night's events, mulling over how in the world the press could have, you know, gotten a hold of this. Yeah, and of course you see, you know, Fairy's like guilty face, but he yeah. tries to change the sub, not change the subject, but just turn it on, like, oh, how. You know, how knight in shining armor of yeah, Sarah Connor. like saying it's romantic, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Celine wants to figure out how they got it. He still doesn't say anything. Parole is all stressed. And Angin's like, you can put your head on my shoulder. So cute. <laughs> but like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> but we do find out that the cu- that couple did sign the contract. So all of that went through fine in the end yes which is good and you know it sounds like they were a little inspired and they were proud of the two of them yes running away from the paparazzi together uh-huh so i loved it yeah and then let's see we kind of oh we get back over to um edda and sarah just for a few minutes yeah where they're just kind of having a nice moment and well and he calls celine basically saying find out how this happened you're right and, and he's mad mm-hmm. which rightfully so yeah exactly and so yeah it is kind of like well i guess vacation's over and, he, and he's like <laughs> our first and last vacation yeah <laughs> and then they each kind of flash back on like the stargazing and yes. the waterfall visit so clearly these two are all up in their feels and neither one seems ready to admit it mm-hmm. <laughs> so we flash forward to the next morning and um, Edda can't get a hold of Sarkon. He hasn't showed up to pick her up. Right. And meanwhile, Fifi is giving Ifair the whole lowdown on what happened uh-huh. and how Sarkon saved her. <laughs> and then Ifair goes on a little rant. Which I kind of loved it. <laughs> I did too. And I was like, hey, she's right. Because mm-hmm. she, you know, points to all the girls and she's like, let me tell each and every one of you, you don't need a man to save you. And I was like, well, she's right. She Preach is right. it. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's nice when they do. But yeah, and it doesn't make the whole situation any less romantic. Oh, for sure. But she's right. I yeah. was glad that she was giving her girl power speech to them. I agree. 
So then they also are filling Edna in that Mela's a businesswoman now. That's right. That she got hired on at the holding company. And she's like, oh my gosh, I leave for like two days and I come home and, you know. Everything's changed. Everything's changed. And, um, you know, she's kind of had it. She calls Sarah Khan one more time, leaves a voicemail, basically like, listen, you're confusing because you tell me you are going to pick me up and then you don't. Then I tell you, you don't have to pick me up and you still show up. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know what's going on. So I guess I'll see you at work. Yeah. And is like, yeah, forget that. Yeah. And she goes to work. Um, Then we find out that... um, Engen hurt his toe while getting tea in the middle of the night. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Like, it's not even a good story. No, I think it's they totally did really... that on purpose. Cause, <laughs> yeah. Because Anul really had a, a minor surgery. Oh, um, so they needed to write something in. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was in, like, because he posts in his, if you guys don't follow him, you should absolutely be following him on Instagram. He posts so much behind the scenes when they're just, like, waiting between, uh-huh. you know, scenes on set. And they... Like, that cast, like, all hangs out together, and they do the goofiest stuff. Yeah. Like, it's really fun. But, yeah, so that had been explained that he basically was having. Like, don't worry. It's just a minor surgery that I'm having. But oh, okay. So they had to okay. write it in. I just like that they didn't make it anything, like, they just made it this totally goofy, like. Yeah, he was tired getting up to get milk and honey, warm milk and honey, and he stubs his little toe <laughs> and broke it. <laughs> And they're all laughing oh. at him. <laughs> and Juno's Pearl's like, well, I would have picked you up, like, if I'd known. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, go ahead. That's when Edda arrives. And she's like, Sarkhan Narde. <laughs> like, where is he? Mm-hmm. And so that's when there's kind of the reveal of, oh, well, it's August 19th. Mm-hmm. And every year on August 19th, Sarkhan takes a day off and he doesn't come into work. And she's shocked Mm -hmm. of course and they are like yeah well it's the only day the entire year that he doesn't come to work she's asking erdem and she's talking to erdem and layla right Mm -hmm. yeah because she's like is he sick and they like start laughing like yes like we'd all be quarantined if that was the case exactly (laughs) yeah and they're like we don't know he's just somewhere nobody knows well, she says, does anyone know? Right. And they get quiet. Uh-huh. And she's like, hmm. So I guess that means Celine knows uh-huh. where he is. Yeah. And she's like, come on, Guzel. Like, <laughs> her little, she gets all, which again, funnily, like, this shouldn't be bothering you. No, if this it is, shouldn't. Like, if this is all fake and for show, it should be like, well, all right, I guess, cool. We've got free reign of the office. The fiance's gone. I mean, I guess you could argue that she could be faking it mm-hmm. for her coworkers, uh huh. But but clearly, the scene between them later on reveals that's not true because yeah, it's just between the two of them. There's nobody watching, so there's no reason to fake it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because guys, the feelings have arrived. Oh yeah, <laughs> we know it. They just don't yet. So we have. Well, then we switch over to you know Sarah Khan's dark day. we'll call it yeah and he's in like an old apartment or bar or studio or some combo of all of those things i know i was like this doesn't it almost looked like some it almost looked like some sort of a coffee shop or something yeah but then there's like a bar with the bar stool so i was like okay but then like there's couches and furniture that i know yeah that's why i kept writing we don't really know yeah but there's sad music playing Uh uh-huh and He's, like, uncovering all this furniture. So, clearly, it's a place he only visits, like, once a year. Right. 
and everything else stays packed up the rest of the year. Right. Um, and so we flash back over to the office mm-hmm. and Edda goes into Sarkhan's office and she sees something by his computer mm-hmm. and it's a little glass case and it happens to be holding <laughs> the that stinking flower. <laughs> I, okay, I was watching this live. And I, like, jumped up off the couch, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because I was like, first of all, our listener Susie totally called it. Yeah. When she was like, I think he saves all those things because it's, like, little pieces of her giving her little pieces of herself to him. Mm-hmm. And clearly that was the case. Because oh, yeah. he didn't just, like, set it on something to dry out. Like, it's just there, and he hasn't gotten rid of it yet. No. It's in a glass case. It's in a glass case. It's well protected. Uh-huh. And it's close to where he works. Mm-hmm. So he can look at it. He uh-huh. can have it on hand whenever he wants to. Yep. He's, it's not hidden either. No. Which is a big deal. Yeah, because the lipstick was like, when she found that a couple episodes ago, that was like in a drawer or something. That wasn't just Well, like... it was on his table, but when would she ever be well, inside of his bedroom, exactly. theoretically? Yeah. So he didn't have to hide it. That's true. But this is his office. Yeah. Where she can walk in anytime she wants to because she also works there. Mm-hmm. The doors opens. The wall opens up. I mean, there's no <laughs> privacy. It's not like he had it tucked away somewhere. It was right out there for everybody to see. Yep. So, And you guys, it was so difficult for me to not take yet another picture of that flower when she flashes oh, back to it and start digging on the internet. I know. So this is our plea. This, this cursed flower. Aisha Hanum. <laughs> Lutven. Lutven. Please put us out of our misery uh-huh. and tell us what that ding flower is um so other than the amazing wonderful encased flower Mm -hmm. there's also we find out a fitbit basically has arrived it's like a fitbit on steroids it measures everything and erdem is gonna get it all you know programmed and have all the bells and whistles Uh oh man oh oh and then fikrit comes yes fikrit bay shows up and he wants to talk to Edda because Serkan's not available. So right. he's like, well, this is kind of personal. You're his fiance, which makes you like family. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk to you about it. Yeah. And he needs help yep. for his wife's birthday. Um, He basically wants to have this singer perform at her party. Mm-hmm. And it's only 20. He's only got 24 hours to basically make the accommodations that her writer requires. Yeah. And her writer is ridiculous, you guys. It's 120 items. 120 things. are r- outrageously specific. Yeah, we get some of them. I'm sure we would, if we spoke Turkish, we'd understand more because we get a few glances at it. Mm-hmm. But even as they're working on it, we, we hear what a few of them are. So, you know, she's totally a prima donna. Has these, these ridiculous things that don't matter at all. But he really, really wants her there. Right. So she says that she'll talk to the team. Yeah. And she goes to Engin and Parol. And she explains everything, and they're like, look, you know just as well as we do. We can't do this. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, 24 hours and 120 spe- specific things that she wants. There's just no way. So Engin kind of has a plan. He says, okay, you go back and talk to him. Mm-hmm. Tell him we can't do it. And then I'll come and explain in five minutes why we can't, and I'll just kind of help. Smooth it over, smooth basically. Smooth it over. Yeah. So <laughs> she comes in. And she tells him they can't do it. And he's like, I totally understand. 
it's unreasonable to think that there's any way we could get this accomplished and I get it you know I'm just really disappointed and then he starts going into the backstory and explaining that his wife almost died because she was seriously ill last year and because of this he's like I didn't think she would even see her next birthday all I want to do is celebrate her and show her how much I love her and appreciate her. And we really want to take advantage of this and celebrate her life. Yeah. And of course. Well, and of course, because and, and her songs are what helped them mm, through that time. Yeah. So it's not just that he's like, oh, I want to get some great singer for you. Right. They have an emotional attachment to this one. Yes. So, you know, Edda is moved. How could you not yeah. be? Sorry if you're not moved by that. If, like, someone in real life is telling you that and you're like, bummer, we can't do uh, it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, I'm going to do everything oh. I can. <laughs> At least we'll say we can say that we tried. Yes. And he just really appreciates it he's like thank you so much i'll pay for everything Mm -hmm. i really appreciate you even trying to get any of this accomplished it means a lot to me yes now clearly they established from the get-go that this is probably still impossible but we want to try right so i didn't really love how like pissed off and crazy everyone got about it especially sarah like because like you didn't actually promise him and like you you know what I mean it's not like she guaranteed it was going to happen just that I guarantee I'll do my very best yeah so part of me was like yeah I almost feel like she should have promised it would get done for the for that reaction to yeah be more I I got the the idea though I got the feeling that Edda wasn't super forthright like after everything came out Mm -hmm. about the fact that she agreed to do it that's true she didn't really explain Mm -hmm. that she was like well you know i just felt bad and i know it's desperate but i told him i would do the best that i could unless i'm remembering incorrectly no you're right explain that because when he shows up to work and everyone's surprised to see him Mm -hmm. they're like well we told him no but she's kind of quiet and then they are looking at her and they're like you did tell him no right like right so you're right so i and I think also for Sarkhan, I think he just can't stand to lose. I think he can't stand to fail at anything. You're right. And for him specifically, being that mad, I think he was – his main issue was how this would reflect on him mm-hmm. and on the company. If they can't finish if it. If they failed, yep. And so the I think that's why he was thinking, well, I'm just going to teach her a lesson then mm-hmm. and tell tell everybody – this she made this mistake she knew this was an impossible task yet she agreed to it now you're all gonna see her fail yeah so i mean it wasn't right and it wasn't okay for him to do that but i think it does align a bit more with his personality and how stinking high strung he that's true because they do wind up in that conference room just the two of them arguing yeah and you know, everyone's watching. And she points out to him that there are more important things in your career. Because he says, this is my career we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And and he just tells her, no, call him and tell him right now. And she says, no, I'd rather die than break a promise. Yeah. And so he says she's got five hours mm-hmm. <laughs> no, with no help. Yeah. And she's basically like, well, challenge accepted. Mm-hmm. 
And before she walks out of the conference room, she says, I hate you, Sir Combolot. Uh-huh. And this is the very first time he does not say it back. Ooh, good catch. I was like, oh my gosh, because usually he says, yeah, the feeling's mutual. Yeah, or, or likewise. Uh-huh. uh-huh. He just tells her to go. Mm-hmm. And that's when he's like, nobody help her. Ooh. <laughs> things are getting juicy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so before we go on with that, we'll just flash back over because we did have a couple scenes in between all this at uh, the holding. Mm-hmm. This is where Celine meets her new assistant, courtesy of Baba Bolat. <laughs> and of course, it's Melo, which it's kind of awkward because, of course, Melo knows who Celine is. Celine knows that she's one of Edda's friends. And, but I love that. Um, you know, cause she, she tells, um, Baba Bolat, like, you know, I would have rather picked my own assistant. He's like, listen, I didn't give you any pushback about yeah. bringing fairy here. I have a good feeling about her. She's got a lot of potential and I think you'd be great to train her. Mm-hmm. So basically you don't really have a choice in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then she sends her on a task. Her first task is to take these papers to I done. Right. And so during that. Farid comes in the office, brings her coffee. Mm. And, you know, I do appreciate that he tells her right off the bat. Yeah. Like, I get why he didn't do it in the car around everyone else. Yes. So, but I do love that he doesn't try to hide it. He's basically like, listen, I know you're going to be upset, but, like, Khan got that from me. Mm-hmm. You know, and she has, you know, a sensible Inappropriate reaction. Inappropriate response. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yeah. So, that's yeah. starting to brew up there. Mm-hmm. Now... I do love back after the whole nobody help her thing happens. Engin, of course, tries to reason with Sarkon. Like, yeah. listen, dude, are you really going to basically put your pride ahead of this? Yep. Just to prove a point to your fiance. Yep. Yeah. He's like, you would rather teach her a lesson than complete the project. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing. Uh-huh. And I think it does give Sarkon a little bit of pause at least, but... You know, they're both stubborn, stubborn <laughs> as Engin points out, <laughs> because Edda, right after, comes into Engin's office, and she's begging him for help, uh-huh. and he's like, you know what? You and Serkan, despite your differences, are very similar. Are very similar, <laughs> yep. But then, of course, he helps her figure out who else they can recruit secretly uh-huh. to help, mm-hmm. and then they're not obvious at all when Zarkon comes walking up. <laughs> oh my gosh, too much. But, you know, he I think he's suspicious at this point. Oh, but totally. It's like, well, again, this is on you. Yeah. So, uh I wrote Safey Bay, does anyone in this uh DZ know how to actually take care of plants? Like he's just kind of like haplessly like oh. hacking at them. First, we and, have uh, Aidan pulling grass <laughs> in the last episode. And my thing, too, is, like, you have a gardener. You, <laughs> you talked about this. Why are you even doing any of this? And then, know. you know, how Melo waters plants. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Um, So, anyways, Melo shows up. And she and Safi kind of have a little celebration that she got the job at the holding company and stuff. You know, she goes to, like, hug him, <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. And um, he doesn't want that. Hug. He doesn't want that. So she's like, okay, well, how do high class people do it then? And he's like, just with a handshake. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love how he's like, 
there because she tells him that she got the job and he's like there are fireworks inside me but i i can't show it (laughs) (laughs) so cute and then of course when she actually comes in um you know, to give the papers to Idun. Mm-hmm. She's not thrilled to see that Melo's been hired. I sort of assumed everybody knew. Yeah. But I know it happened back at the stables just between the two of them. I sort of figured they must have walked back and, like, made an Told announcement. But I guess they didn't. Clearly not. Because, yeah, nobody else knew. Nope. She's not thrilled about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we, we switch over to a quick little secret work montage where they're secretly recruiting people to help Edda. Yes. And she, I love how she talks Erdem into helping her, like. <laughs> she basically blackmails him. Okay, what fine, would, she blackmails him. What would Fifi say if she knew you weren't helping her dear friend? <laughs> <laughs> I love it because he, like, basically gives in. But then as Sarkon's coming, he all of a sudden switches to, like, lecturing her. Like, how could you do this <laughs> behind Sarkon's back? What were you back? thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> Oh, that was really good. It was really funny. Then we kind of have our first moment where, like, well, maybe not the first. I've never, I can't say I really hate Idun. Right. But this is the first time you you really see her vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Because she's stressed out and sad. Mm-hmm. And Safie's there, I believe, because mm-hmm. um, he brings her her phone. But she's basically just pointing out, like, everything's changing people are moving forward in their lives Mm -hmm. and i'm literally stuck here yeah and you know he's like well do you want to try therapy again she's like don't even bring that up Mm -hmm. you know so whatever form of therapy she's tried for this clearly she didn't think was benefiting her right um but she's just bummed that you know she's like i just like everyone's moving on without me and forgetting about me right i used to have i kind of get the feeling she had a bigger role in the company Mm-hmm. but you know there's probably there's only so much of a role you can probably have working from home which is probably why she helps with you know textiles and aesthetics and stuff but right um you know it's easy to forget about her because she's not there on the daily yep and now all this stuff is happening and edda is infiltrating the family with her friends and with everything mm-hmm. and uh safety knows exactly how to help her feel better and she's like give Get Sevda on the phone. And he's like, it's already calling. (laughs) Good old Safi. Yeah. So she calls Edda and essentially tells her, you need to get your friend to quit her job because she's not allowed to work at the holding. Uh And Edda's like, no, I'm not going to do that because this isn't related to me anyway. And they kind of do, I I wrote, they do the opposite of you hang up. Mm Mm-hmm. So true. Because they're like, I'm hanging up. No, I'm hanging up first. Uh-huh. <laughs> so. And then we also see there's more more happenings regarding, you know, the whole secret base situation. Mm-hmm. More things are moving forward with that secretly, like little notes being passed and all that with contact information for painters and things like that. Yes. And then Milo uh, impresses her new boss by meeting her at Art Life with documents that she didn't previously bring with mm-hmm. her. Because Celine shows up and she's like, Melek, why are you here? And she's like, well, I saw on your schedule that you had planned to come over here. And I saw these documents on your desk, so I thought I would bring them over. And Celine's like, oh, okay, you did well. I, uh, now listen, I'm done with Celine and her stuff. Oh, yeah. But I do love that she clearly isn't completely holding the whole Edda thing against her. Yep. Because she was able to acknowledge and say like, oh, good job. Come in with me. Yep. Like, I I do like that. Yeah. 
Um, so that at least there's a level of professionalism there. Yes. <laughs> uh, so they arrive at Art Life. And I, okay, can I say how much I love Sarkhan and Melo? Like, I know they don't really have anything. Oh, I know. But, like, the way he kind of, like, does that little double wink at her when she comes in. Yeah. And she, and says she calls him, him brother-in-law. And he, <laughs> yeah, and he, like, kind of gives her a little, like, look and a wink. <laughs> and... I, I love that because even in the previous episode, how he tells Edda specifically, like, she's so sweet. Like, yeah. You're lucky to have her. Uh-huh. So I love that he clearly appreciates Mello uh-huh. and everything about her. Yep. Um, I just, I love that. I thought even it was so cute. Even he is not immune to her charm. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and then Erdem is setting up Serkan's health watch. You know, when his blood pressure reaches a certain, you know, level, it's going to go off and it According to Moran, it's set to Britney Spears' is toxic. Like, that's what's supposed to play oh. when his blood pressure gets too high. It's like the intro to toxic. I totally missed that. So did I. so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and then, of course, it'll start ringing, you know, beeping and stuff if his heart rate gets too high mm-hmm. and that. So, uh, <laughs> I just that, I thought that was a funny little scene. Yeah. Uh, Edda walks down to the archives where Celine is. Mm-hmm. And she basically brings up Sarkon's dark day. Yeah. And, you know, I, Celine was right in not telling her what it was because regardless of the fact that Ed is his fiance now, it's not her place to tell her. Right. But of course she can't help being a bit of a brat about it because she's like, yeah, he only confides special things to special people and you probably thought you were special since you're his fiance, but you know, so like she makes yeah. sure to rub some salt in the wound of the fact yeah. that she doesn't know. She's taking advantage of the yes. situation. Because she's sure. like, you keep pushing and asking him and he's going to keep putting up those walls. Right. So, you know, um, I, my next note doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Not really sure. I wrote evil eye. Oh, evil eye Ada at Sarkon. There we go. So she, I think she's, like, kind of throwing him looks while she's secretly okay. working. Okay. Because at yeah, this yeah, point, yeah. Melo and Sarah Connor are inside the conference room. Oh, and she's yeah. Like, well, the two of them are glaring at each other. Yes. He's in his office and she's at her desk. Yeah. And, yeah, they keep looking at each other and they're just glaring. And then Melo is, net, like, right oh. next to him. And she sees what's going on. And she sees that his eyes are just burning on holes <laughs> through the wall into into edda's skull and she's like oh yeah you know i wouldn't be able to take my eyes off of my fiance either if i worked with them (laughs) she's like oh you guys are so cute yes (laughs) and they do have a cute little moment like he kind of looks at her and smiles and like kind of gives one of his little secret sarakon smirks Uh and yeah again a cute moment with them and And i (laughs) go ahead my note for this was Melo, my girl. Yes, yes. <laughs> because she sees Celine comes in and is like, "You wanted to talk about something personal, you know, after the ceremony. Mm-hmm. What was it?" And he's like, "Oh, it can wait. Like, you know, it's not a big deal." Well, because Melo is right there. They're well, not going to talk about it. Of in course front of her. not. And she's not going to leave. <laughs> no, she's not. Girlfriend plants herself. And so he's basically like, "Let's talk about you know these accounts and there, there's business stuff they actually mm-hmm. have to talk about." So she sits down and Celine's like, Mela, would you mind taking notes? Mm-hmm. She's like, not at all. But girlfriend inserts herself <laughs> right between them to make sure those two don't get too close sitting next to each other. Because Celine was totally scooting over and she's like, she's like, oh, let me let me just sit right here. That way I can be right by both of you. 
<laughs> and Sarkhan is still distracted uh-huh. by his fake fiance because uh-huh. he keeps looking over there. And she grabs her stuff and heads out. And, and he says out loud. Out loud. And I don't think he meant to, but he's like, I wonder what she's doing. <laughs> and both Melo and Celine are like, who? Uh-huh. Who? Because <laughs> they're supposed to be talking about business and stuff right now. Yeah, but that's not what his mind is on. Yep. And he's like, BRB. So he gets up. He marches into the main workspace. <laughs> and, you know, she's done pretending. He clearly knows that she's working behind his back trying to get people so she basically says, listen, you guys, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to make this happen because I basically, for two people who are very much in love, I want to do this very yes. special thing for them. Yeah. So if that's something that, you know, your you touches your heart and you want to support that, come with me. And of course, initially nobody stands up because they all, it means going against Sercon. And of course, our man, Angin, Angin man. is the first one to join Team Edda. Yep. Well, he's not afraid of Sercon. Well, and he says, like, I really love Ada's enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, then other people are like, I'll help, I'll help, I'll help. And I love it because Layla's like, I'm too afraid. And she goes and stands next to Sercon, even though we know she's still, like, helping yeah. Edda. Yeah. She's just not willing well, to do yeah, it publicly. Well, yeah, she had just delivered some sort of, like, plans. And she's like, you didn't get these uh-huh. for me. <laughs> and it's funny because off they go. They march out. And he's like, well, Celine makes a little snarky remark like, oh, you know, for your company, your employees aren't very loyal to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, when they all get back, they're getting their IQs tested. And then did you did you hear what Erdem said after he said that? No. He's all, he's all IQ IQ, we don't, uh, it's basically something like, our IQs don't matter today. We're not using that. We're using muscles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then I gosh. said, Team Babe Walk. Yes, I wrote that too. <laughs> I said they get their, their dream team Babe Walk when yep. they come out the door. Because they all come out. They're all strutting with Erdem in the back, limping limping away. Uh-huh. <laughs> and but, you know, it gets real for a minute. Angan levels with her, like, listen, I love your enthusiasm and I wanted to support that. But you do know, like, we're taking on an impossible task, right? Yeah. This probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. And she basically is like, I understand and I know, but I have to try. Mm-hmm. And so every he starts assigning stuff to people. You yeah. Know, you're, okay, then let's let's go out assignments. Who's in charge of what? You know, Ada, your interior design. And she's like, I don't do that. And he's like, wait, you can call and ask for help from Idon. Like, yeah. you know, but we got to get this stuff done. She's great at it. She'll help you out. Yes. yes. He's giving everybody their jobs. Yes. And then. Um, I did love because he he put Melo in, in charge of, like, getting the uh, yeah. kitchen all together. And she she says something about, like, like oh, like, you asked the fluffy one. Yeah. It so, actually means chubby. I okay. Asked. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and that was my assumption was that she was saying like oh you're gonna ask the chubby girl if she wants to do the kitchen stuff what do you what do you mean and Egan is just like what do you mean what do you th- who's, who's chubby? chubby I loved that I know so much I I was like Egan I love you even more uh huh <laughs> yep like so he doesn't good. even I yeah yeah he's just like what are you talking about uh-huh. who's who's chubby They're right. Just, You'll, you'll be great at the kitchen. Just do the kitchen. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, everybody needs a job. <laughs> yeah, and he said it in a way, like, where it's like, no, I, he really was not even thinking about yeah. that. It wasn't like, oh, I was caught, and now I have to pretend like I wasn't making a fat joke. Like, right. he, yeah, was just really like, he I'm sorry, just, who is yeah, fluffy? Who truly is? baffled. I loved that. Yeah, 
so good. So, so uh, they- <laughs> oh, Fifi enters. Okay. Because well, they're talking about how they have to go to Karakoi, right? Yes. Karakoi to pick up decorations. Yeah, because it seems like they go to like a trinket kind of shop. Yeah, to decorate the the house mm-hmm. where this singer will be staying. And who shows up on the Karakoi Express, <laughs> as Erdem called it. But Fifi. Uh, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, like, when Fifi shows up on the yeah. motorcycle and the girls are so shocked. Yes. They're both like, Fifi has a motorcycle? Which, it's funny, I was not surprised when she rolled up on that. Because I me just either. feel like it goes with her. So I was like, I agree. Oh, that was not even weird to me at all. I know. Like, because it's just so her. But clearly they'd never seen her on I just felt like we, the viewers, hadn't seen her on it before. Right. But clearly nobody had. I know. It was so it, their reaction was funny. Yeah, they so it adds to the mystery about, about who the heck Fifi is. Uh huh. What kind of business she does? Uh uh-huh. Yeah, but she throws the helmet to Erdem, <laughs> and he gets on with her, and they take off. <laughs> what does he say? Karakoi like, Express. He, well, and he's all, he's all the Dark Knight, my angel savior. <laughs> <laughs> He is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Side note. Uh, Sarp, which is the actor's name. Mm-hmm. He just posted. It's like his four-year anniversary with, I assume, his, his wife. His wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it, he just posted, like, the sweetest thing on Instagram mm-hmm. to her. And yeah. they're going to have a baby soon. Because he's like, the next time we take this picture, there will be three of us. Like, anyways, he just, he seems like a very sweet guy. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh, Celine is explaining to Sarah Khan that the paparazzi were dealt with but mm-hmm. lies about how they got the contract she's yep. like oh they dug through your trash because apparently they've done that at the company before which is why mm. they now shred all their documents okay um that was mentioned earlier on so she kind of just basically uses that excuse like mm. that but it's like okay but did any the thing is to me I'm like that's kind of a plot hole because nobody actually threw it away so yeah you I know, mean, assuming it, you know, could have happened off camera. Right. But yeah. Right. Um, but she lies for Farid, essentially. Right. And um, Sarah Khan is all distracted mm-hmm. now that Edda is gone. Uh-huh. So he tells Peril to call Edda. Uh-huh. And she's like, shouldn't you be calling her? She's your fiance. Uh-huh. Like, you should be the one calling her. Yeah. Like, she's, well, because he, she's like, shouldn't you be calling her? And he's like, why would I call like, I have people in the company to call my employees for me. And she's like, your fiancé, you mean? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Well, or- and right before this, the singer's manager called Edda mm-hmm. and wanted to see the progress on the on the housing situation. So she's like, crap, I guess I better go talk to him. And I'm not going to meet him there. Right. Because she tells him, oh, you know, we're working on it, but why don't I just come to you? Yes. The construction site's messy. I'll just come to where you are. Exactly. So Layla is the one who's like, I'll call Edda. Uh-huh. And she calls her on video. Uh-huh. And Edda happens to be with, is it Berent? Berent Bay. Berent mm-hmm. Bay, yeah. And Layla sees him this in the background. This scene is so funny. So she's so She's, because I think Sarkhan is like, oh, great idea. You know, call her on video, see how everything's going. Right. And she's well, like. Edda sees right through it. 
initially to Layla because she's like, Layla, uh-huh. are you calling because Sarkhan told you to? Right. I'm very busy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So they they don't say much, do no, they? No, she just hangs up on her. She's like, we'll talk later. I'm busy and just hangs up the yeah. video chat. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so they're like, oh, you know, what was she doing? And she's like, oh, she was with a very handsome man. Uh-huh. I like that she used Baya. Like, uh-huh. Uh-huh, Baya handsome. And of course, I put activate pool draining Sarka. Yep. Because he's like, I'm sorry, a handsome man? She was with a handsome man? Uh-huh. And she's like, well, yeah. And he's like, what do you mean a handsome man? And she's like, you're saying handsome a lot. And he's <laughs> like, she, he's like, yeah, because you described him that way. I would have had no way of knowing he was handsome. If you didn't say that. And so she's like, well, here. And she, like, shows him the photo. Like, this is where, like, she took a screenshot of the FaceTime call. Uh-huh. And she trolls him with it to show him. And he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, all right, everybody, good job. We did enough for today. We're done. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he goes, he's like, I'm leaving. So he he goes to leave. And Layla's like, uh, Sarkombe. And he's like, offend him, Layla. And she's like your keys or your sunglasses uh-huh and he's like oh yeah yeah i can't forget those like because he's clearly flustered and just wants to rush out mm-hmm. and she's like sarah Bay and like <laughs> something else and then the third time she's like sarah Bay, and he goes offend them Layla." and she says don't forget your jacket and he's like oh yes my jacket on this hot on summer this- day <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out and she's all he was jealous <laughs> so good i love Oh, I love him jealous so much. <laughs> well, Layla is loving it too. Oh, she, completely. She thinks it's great. I was like, all right, Layla's on, on our team. She is. <laughs> so Aiden and the manager are talking and That's she right. winds up stuck with his dog because basically he wants to go over to the house and she's like, well, no dogs are allowed there. It's dangerous for them. The construct- and one of the workers is allergic, blah, blah, blah. Right. And he's like, okay, well, here, you keep him. I'll come back and pick him up in a few hours. And he just leaves. He doesn't even wait for her to say yes or no. He just takes off. Listen, I don't <laughs> care who I work for. I'm not leaving my dog with some stranger so I can go check on a house to make sure it meets up to your stupid standards. Right. So Edna takes that time to go ask Aidan for help. Now, does she call her right here? She calls Angan to warn him. Like, listen, that guy's on his way. That's right. So just be prepared. Right. But then she goes to Aidan. Yeah. And she brings Bobby. The dog's Uh name is Bubby. (laughs) Yep. With her. Meanwhile. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Meanwhile, I said, we just get that little peek of Serkan actually leaving. And I said... He's all broody and jealous and in blue and gray. And I love the whole combo. <laughs> I love it so much. So Edda is asking Aidan for her help. Mm-hmm. And Aidan at first is like trolling her. Yeah, sure. Like, I'm going to help you. You really think that I'm going to do anything for you. But Edda explains, mm-hmm. look, if this fails, you know, you know, Fikret, you know what an important client he is for the company. And that this could be a huge deal for him and it could hurt the relationship between him and the company. Yes. And she's like, and your your son will bear the responsibility if yep. you fail. And that is what convinces her. Yep. Because if you bring Sarkhan into it, she's going to care about him and about what happens to him. So Absolutely. that was really well played by Edda. Totally agree. So... We switch over a couple times. We get Fifi, we get this clip of Fifi and Aradem shopping mm. for obviously clearly specific things off of this list. Yes, Fifi's being like a great bargainer with this guy. She's being like 
no, you know, he's like, oh, the lowest I could go is 100. And she's like, we'll give you 10 or something. Like, mm-hmm. she totally, excuse me, totally like lowballs him. But she's standing firm. Unfortunately, Erdem then drops the item that they're arguing over. Yeah. And, and now then she, they have to pay They for have it. to pay the price. He asked for it. Yeah. Well, and Fifi, she's all frustrated with him. She's like, next time you want to touch anything, next time you want something, point to it and I'll get it for you. <laughs> and he immediately points to her. So funny. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. I didn't oh, even, get out of here. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Yes, that's a good move. It was really good. That's a really good move. She's all mad, and he's like, he's like, anything I want. And she's like, yes, and she points to her. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love him. <laughs> so then we also get a sneak peek of Con and Melo. She's also clearly out shopping for you know dishes and things, and you know he's just laying it on super thickly. With yeah, her. it was funny because after the scene, I was. I was like, oh, that was it? Yeah, <laughs> we never get a follow-up on that, do we? No, no he we don't. just came to help, oh, her. help her. Yeah, and then we don't see him again. You're right. So I just thought that was really funny. I wonder if there was more and it got cut. Like, maybe those. Maybe. You know. Yeah. Um. So then we switch back to Idon and Edda. Mm-hmm. And Idon's like, listen, the first thing you need to realize is the customer is not always right. And Edda's like, wait, what? Uh-huh. Like, that's not the saying. <laughs> but she basically explains to her. No, because it's about you learning the customer and anticipating mm-hmm. their needs before they even say them to you. Yeah, and what they really want, and what not it, what they necessarily think that they want. Yes. So I love that because, you know, it feels like it's a bit of a double-edged lesson. Like, it's not just about customers. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so Edda, when they're finishing up, actually hugs Idon and is like, I don't want him. Thank you so much. Like, I appreciate all of this. And she also quickly slips it in there that she's going to leave Bobby there with her. <laughs> yeah. Because Engin calls and he's panicking. Right. Engin calls Sarakon. Sarah, this is a Sarakon that's showing right. up. And again, <laughs> um, at this point, I laughed and I wrote romance translation because <laughs> sometimes when I read books, guys, when it's super clear that something's being said in the book that you know is going to be proven wrong later like you know the whole typical hero saying like i'm never gonna fall in love is clearly translated to he's definitely going to fall in love of course or you know like you know that's just an example so sarah Khan says to Ingen, no force will drag me to this project <laughs> and i wrote romance translation false yeah <laughs> clearly he he'll will... be there in 20 minutes <laughs> And of course, you know, because there's issues and all this stuff. And Sarah Khan's like, oh, so you stand with Eda, but now you call me that there's trouble? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. But then I put, guess whose butt winds up driving to the house? LOL. Yep. And Ada's like, I'll follow you in my car. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, do you want to ride together? And she's like, oh, because my car is not considered a car. No, thanks. I'll follow you. It works just fine. I'll follow you there. <laughs> so she hops in and... Her poor car will not start. And she's like, please, please just start for me just this one time. Uh-huh. Because she knows he's sitting right back there just staring at her, oh. waiting for the car and to start. And completely enjoying himself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Waiting for her to fail. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, all right, I guess this isn't happening. And I'm just going to ride with him. So she gets out, grabs all her stuff. But 
because Edda is Edda. She does not eat crow. No. Nope. She's like, she's like, you know, it works, but you have to wait 10 minutes and we're in a rush right now. Uh-huh. So you can just take me over there. <laughs> I love it so much. So, meanwhile, Engen's fielding problem after problem. Everyone's yes. coming up to him with, you know, all this trouble because he can only do so much. He's right. more there to delegate and things because he's on crutches and in a cast. Yeah. Um, Erdem is trying to impress Fifi. <laughs> yeah. Fikrit shows up and then they all start to panic, but that's right when Serkan pulls up. So, and he mm-hmm. kind of basically uh, uh, intercepts him. Yep. And is like, let's chat. Um, so a crazy work montage ensues. Yeah. Meanwhile, Fikrit and Serkan are talking regarding his wife. Yes. Why this is so important. Yeah. And now Serkan is actually going to find out the whole situation. Right. Because, yeah. Um, well, and Fikrit even tells him, hey, look, if I were you, I would have said no, too. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Serkan says... If I were there, I would have said no. And I love that he says, well, I guess we can be grateful that Edda was there. Yep. And, you know, and I love that he explains the Serkan, <clears throat> excuse me, because he's like, you know, as he's telling about the whole situation, mm-hmm. so he's like, listen, like, I literally would just do anything to put a smile on her face. Yep. Because that's what love is. Mm-hmm. So just hold on to that little quote. Yep. Because <clears throat> it comes into play later. <laughs> um, And... You know, it's funny because when he's like, yeah, I guess we can count ourselves lucky that Edda was there to say yes. Mm-hmm. He kind of smiles a little bit. Like, yeah, he he doesn't he kind of, you know, he agrees like, yeah, I guess we are. But he kind of smiles. So there's like a little bit of a sense of pride there that, yeah, you know, she was stubborn and <laughs> wanted to do this. Right. Meanwhile, the house is a giant mess. The manager shows up and he's like. Clearly, this is not going to be ready by tomorrow. Yeah. So he cancels the whole thing. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to tell her to come when it's clear that this is not going to be ready. Right. There's no point in bringing her all the way over here just for it not to work out in the first right, place. Right. For her to just leave again. Exactly. And she's all sad. Yeah. And, and- Edda is really upset. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, Serkan was right. I'm inexperienced. I have no knowledge. I tackled something that I can't handle. Yeah. And everybody is kind of gathered around her at yeah. that point i love that Engen blings his leg <laughs> and she's like you're not the one that agreed to this i am yeah. but i love that he like was ready to take on part of the fault yeah um you know you're right the girls are checking on her but sarkon walks up yes. literally sends everyone away uh-huh and he's like i need to talk to edda and he's like let's go talk do you have all the screenshots I for this do. okay go yeah so <laughs> He's like, you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's already crying. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, I made a mistake. Because she's swallowing her pride at this point. Yeah. She did what she could. She did her best. And she's like, Sarah Khan was right again. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, I made a mistake. Are you happy? <laughs> she's like, you were right. And he kind of tells her something we've heard him say before. Mm-hmm. He says, you can't mix feelings with work. Never make a customer promise, make, never make a customer a promise that you can't fulfill or you'll disgrace yourself. In normal life, you can make spontaneous decisions, ill-considered decisions, but if you want to be successful at work, you need to act logically, thoughtfully, and wisely. He's like, look, you're very smart, you're mm-hmm. very talented, but at the same time, you're very stubborn. Mm-hmm. 
And she's like, I know. I brought problems on you again. And he's like, yeah, but I wanted you to try it yourself for you to experience that mistake yourself. Mm -hmm. For you to make a mistake and learn a lesson. He's like, so did you learn your lesson? And she's like, yeah, I did. (laughs) I learned my lesson. I'm sorry I compromised you. And she's crying. And so we have a big swoon moment right here. Big. A swoonami, you guys. Because he reaches over and he wipes away her tear. (laughs) I love this scene so much. And he says, nothing is worth your tears. I... Oh, because he says, nobody can make you cry. Uh He, like, repeats her words back to her from the contract. Yep. So she's kind of like, all right, I'll get everybody to... I'll send everyone home. Uh Uh-huh. And he says, you're giving up. (laughs) And this is where we get his little Sercon smirk. Uh Uh-huh. And Layla shows up with construction workers. And um, as they start to march in, and she's... I love it because... She's smiling like, oh, my gosh. And I put, well, 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 Sarkhan, anything to put a smile on her face, huh? Uh-huh. Somebody took Fikrit Bay's words to heart. Yep. Because right. he knew that would make her happy. Mm-hmm. And he had no reason to pull any strings. No. It's already, for all intents and purposes, the whole thing has already been canceled. Yeah. And the fact that he even already talked with Fikrit, like, you know... He's not going to hold that against Sercon yep. for it not happening. So yep. he literally had no other reason other than for Ida yep. to do this. It's true. So we get big montages, teamwork. Sercon mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with a drill. <laughs> <clears throat> we are all Ida. Yes. As she practically drools on her, <laughs> down her chin as she's watching him. And it's funny because he sees her all in that daze. Oh, he's yeah. Like, Edda, like waving his hand in front of her and she like snaps out of it and then we get of course more work montage with them hanging the photos and the artwork yes. and we get a funny little thing between fifi and erdem just another moment between them <laughs> where he has what is his idea to, i didn't even write it down to hire an actress to be a fake sevda <laughs> <That's right. laughs> to like learn her songs and basically so he's basically like let's hire a cover band <laughs> and she's like have you told anybody else this idea and he's like no, I haven't. She's all, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have Ed there painting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she asks him about his dark day, what pulled him away. Since yeah. he did wind up coming to work, he doesn't really answer. Because he's never come, like, he basically went and did his thing that morning. Right. And then he came into work afterwards. Yeah. Now, when I watched this live, I thought it was because he found out what Ada had done and was like oh great I need to go deal with this so when I watched with the subtitles I was like oh no he just was like okay I don't need to take the rest of the day right even though he always has yeah this is the first time so I think that's very significant I think even if he doesn't realize it I think he missed Ada and being around her and what that does for him Uh uh-huh I think she as much as she riles him up she also calms him yep and I don't think he real. I don't think he consciously made that decision of, oh, I miss Edda, so I'm gonna cut my sad day short. Right. His his subconscious was basically like, okay, you you did your thing. Yeah. So and it was like, well, I guess I can just go to work now. But I think his heart was pulling him to Edda. I agree. I 100% agree because they mention it multiple times that he's always gone all the whole day. day. Yep. Yep. And nobody knows why. Yep. 
So I love that because he doesn't really answer. Um, but, you know, so they go on doing their thing. And then she says, you know, wait, we're doing all of this. But, um, you know, we still don't know if he's going to come. And she's like, oh, I know. We can hold Bobby hostage from the manager. Yeah. Basically, like, we won't give his dog back until he promises to bring her. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Collins like, how in the world did you get my mom to do that? And she says, with my sweet words. And he <laughs> says, I believe it. <laughs> I love it. Me too. So. Uh, go ahead. Um, Melo call. We do a quick call to, to iFair because mm-hmm. Melo explains that. They're going to be stuck at work really late. Um, but Ifer doesn't believe it. She be- she thinks that Edda and Sarkhan are just working on their future home. Uh-huh. And that they're disguising it as work. Right. So. I love. Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. So then um, we also get a little scene with Aidan telling um, Altekin, like, to fire Melo. Yes. They kind of argue back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she kind of says a few things that are clearly in her heart because she's like, nobody sees me no like nobody considers me yeah and it's funny because he's kind of like we'll talk about this later she's like always later always later yeah well and she makes some good points because Mm -hmm. she's like so you refuse to go to the engagement party because of who her family is Mm -hmm. but now you're hiring her best friend yeah and he's like look i don't care whose friend she is i saw some potential in her and i hired her and yeah he basically is like We'll talk about this later. Yeah. So then we switch to I- Ada and the Ada and the girls. Um, it's kind of near the end of the day, and she's telling the girls, you know, about Sarkon's dark day, this mm-hmm. mystery thing, and you know, Fifi and Melo have conflicting advice. Fifi's like, "Keep pushing, keep pressing," and Melo's like, "Let him just tell you himself when it comes naturally." Yeah. So, of course, it's kind of, you know, just funny because that's typically how it works with them. Yes. And meanwhile, Puril comes to pick Ingen up because she knows, like, he can't drive around himself. Yeah. This kind of made me sad. I know. My um, my heart's softening a lot towards Puril. I, because, you know, for the first few episodes, I was like, I don't know if I trust her. Yeah. I don't know. Well, if- she, she, to me, seems more like a robot than Serkan. Yeah. But now we're getting to know her a little bit better mm-hmm. and yeah this was a little brutal on Angan's part well yeah because she's like i'm here to pick you up and he's like i mean he does say like oh like i didn't know that like yeah you know basically i already called jaren and she's coming to get me uh-huh. and you know and then he's like there she is right now hang on a second takes her call mm-hmm. and pearl doesn't even stick around yeah. To, like, see what's going to happen. Yeah. She's um, upset, so she just takes She off. just nopes on out of there, and I can't yeah. really blame her. Yeah. But then, you guys, we get, I wrote sad swoon. We get we get a sad swoon. Mm-hmm. Because. It's secret time. It's secret time. So, Edda and Sarah Connor outside on, the on like, a, you know, bench, the couch, whatever. Yeah. And, um. They, you know, she said, he's like, okay, because she's sitting there. She's kind of like struggling with herself to open her mouth or not. Right. He says, I see you want to ask something. (laughs) So he's like, he picks up his tea and he's like, just ask. Yeah. She's always got something to ask. (laughs) Something is bothering me. The day without Sarkon. Every year on August 19th, don't come to work. Where are you? And he says, why are you interested in this? She says, if it's really personal. It's real. If it's really very personal, then you might not answer. Mm-hmm. It seems only Celine knows what's going on. Hmm. Now, here's what's funny. Again, 
shouldn't matter to her because the whole point of this. And this is where it's the most telling because it's just her and Sarkhan now. Yep. And they both know that this is a, quote, fake uh-huh. relationship. Yet, it clearly, he loves that she wants to know. Uh-huh. Because you see, again, he's kind of looking down. He's not looking at her. But got you, the triple S, you guys. got the triple S. <laughs> the fact that she's, because she's not asking out of nosiness. Right. And, you know, there's she just something. She wants to be close yep. to him. She wants to know these yep. things about him. And he clearly, you know. He's put up a fight before, like the whole, you know, them, the first time he was close with her and then treated her like crap the next day because he's like, but he even still admitted, you got close to me and it freaks me out. Like, and just for him to have admitted that was a big deal. Right. So we've got some growth here. Oh, yeah. And he says, I had a brother. And the entire fandom said, finally, we we knew it. it." (laughs) He says, I had a- Confirmation. Yes. I had a brother. She said- you said you don't have any siblings. He says, well, since I don't anymore, that's why I said that. Mm-hmm. And then her, ugh, I just took a screenshot of her face. I know. Her little face crumples like she knows this is going to be heart-wrenching. Yeah. Sarkhan says he was a very good man. He was my idol. The firstborn. Today, so Edda uh, says, is today the anniversary of his death? He says, no, no, I don't see him as dead. Now, this, another translation specifically said, I don't think he's dead. Oh. So people got like, what the heck? Like, so I went to our lovely Mario. <laughs> God bless her. And she said, no, that's like not what was said at all. Basically, okay. what he was saying was, I don't like to dwell on that day. That day's not like, that day's not a happy day. Okay. So I don't, that day doesn't affect me the way this day does. Okay. I don't really like to basically acknowledge that day. Okay, because I honestly, because of the translation, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so is this a hint that he's not actually dead? Right. Because my translation didn't say, I don't think he's dead. He's, it was something like. I don't like, like him that way. I mm-hmm. Yes. Which could still be murky, but no, Exactly. No. He was basically saying, yeah, this isn't that day. I don't like to even acknowledge that okay, day. Okay, so brother is for sure gone. Brother is for sure gone. Okay, okay. So, um, he says. Together with his friends, he was in a band. And I always wanted to play with them, but they wouldn't let me. Because he was the older brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, I was kicking at the door. I was shouting that I also wanted to play. And she's kind of giggling at this point. Uh-huh. And he says, and one day, he gave me a very special guitar. And look at her face right there. Oh. Yeah. Hande does such. They both do an incredible job in the scene. Mm-hmm. But she does. Like, you would really believe that, like. Someone was telling her this horrible, true, awful story. Yes. Gave me a very special guitar. And it just happened to be August 19th. Yeah. The day he did that. And he said, even if I was 80, that he, that uh, I will visit him every August 19th and play the guitar. Yeah. He says, so I play the guitar every August 19th. Yeah. And he says, that's all. And she's mm. crying. She reaches over and just holds his hand. Uh-huh. And the girls peek around the corner and actually see that. And yes. then they back off. Like, right. they see, like, okay, you know, they're having a moment. Uh-huh. And they, so leave. they leave them. And, yeah. gosh, I, yeah, I just loved it. I yep. loved it because, again, like, 
you know, it was just so sweet. It was another move forward from, mm-hmm. you know, this man who doesn't let people get close to him. Yeah. And he's just kind of emotionally vomiting all over her with this. Yeah. Well, you're, again, it's one of those situations where we're seeing Serkan be vulnerable mm-hmm. with Edda in a way for all intents and purposes. He's never been vulnerable with anybody else yeah. in this way. And even though Celine knows why mm-hmm. he leaves every year and like I don't know that we know we don't know if she knows what he does right just that it has to yeah all we know is that she knows why in the sense of it has something to do with his brother it had you know yeah right and, and she may even know that he goes and plays the guitar sure but <clears throat> we know that he has never been this vulnerable with Celine yeah and I think the fact that he is already opening up to Edda Mm -hmm. about these things, you know, she kind of works on him all day about this. Right. And it's not like it's something that he's telling her two weeks later. Right. It's still the same Mm -hmm. day. And he eventually breaks down and just tells her. Yeah. So Celine was wrong uh, because she basically said, you keep pushing and he's going to put his walls up. Well, really, uh, Edda knocked them down. Mm -hmm. So take that, Celine. (laughs) So... Later on, Edda has fallen asleep on the couch. Yep. And I said, their song is playing. And then he tries to wake her up, tries to wake her up. Yeah. And he can't. And he goes to kind of like, he kind of sits, again, trying to wake her up. But she winds up in her sleep repositioning herself and is like laying against him. Guys, this scene. <laughs> I know. I know. I wrote, Ooh, I I wrote snoogles. Yes. And I said, poor sleepy Edda needs a strong Serkan to keep her. To help her sleep. He, well, and he kind of gives, like, listen, we all know how strong he is. He could have picked her up and loaded her in the car. Yes, he could have. He could have absolutely woken her up if he really wanted to. Yeah, he's carried her how many times already in the show? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, listen. He could pick her up uh-huh. and take her to her house if he wanted uh-huh. to. But he didn't want to do that. No. So he settles in, pulls his jacket over her uh-huh and again we get a secret sarcon smirk because yep. he likes holding her yeah and we get a little flashback the next morning as he wakes up mm-hmm. because he was able to sleep through the night yep. with her in his arms so guys <laughs> my sleeping wish is coming uh-huh. true so i will interject right here really quick and say that Hannah wrote me a message and was like, listen, your wishes seem to keep happening. So if you can Is just... she requesting specific she's wishes? She's requesting a wish. <laughs> so she's wishing for more Serkan on a horse time. So, oh, okay. And I'm not against that. So oh, I could totally see that happening too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that little wish lit out there <laughs> while I'm thinking about it. So you're right. It's the next morning. And did you notice his hand is resting on her hip? Is it? Like, I rewound back and paused it because I was I like, wait, I see it. But where the, like, Levi label is on her jeans, like, the where I'm like, mm, no, his hand is nice definitely. and comfortable. Uh-huh, he sure is. <laughs> and I said, also, his arm veins are very well hydrated because <laughs> I noticed things like that and appreciate it, apparently. So, yes, just like you said, he wakes up first and I put, he just drinks her in as she sleeps. And then his heart rate starts to go up because uh-huh. his watch starts beeping. Uh-huh. Now, first of all, <laughs> if 88 beats per minute I is that. high. It's not even that high. It should have been like 
115 or something Especially crazy. for someone who works out the way he does. <laughs> his resting heart rate, I feel like, is probably already pretty high. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's the other way around. When you work out a lot, maybe your resting heart rate's really low. That might be right. No, I think I think that's correct. Oh, okay. So then 88 yeah, so would be, be high low. for him. I guess. Someone but... correct us. Someone who knows things about working out <laughs> and, like, health, please correct us. I, I think you're right. If people do a lot of cardio, their resting heart rate is lower. I'm almost positive because, like, their heart doesn't have to do as much work. That's my logic. Yeah. But Amoot, if you're listening, Amoot, correct oh, us. please. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Amoot listens to Hey, and <laughs> Ashley, anything is possible. Don't be a negative Nancy, okay? If Amoot emails us or tweets us or sends us an Instagram message, I will eat the biggest crow ever. Okay. <laughs> You all heard it here. Yeah, but I would also bet you $1,000 that he does not listen to this podcast. Well, you know, maybe I'll just message him and ask him about resting heart rate. So anyways, his heart rate's going crazy, guys, because it only raises as he's reflecting back on all these sweet moments they've shared since they met. And it's funny because he it's going nuts and he's kind of shaking it. And he gets up, like, what is happening? Like, mm-hmm. he kind of, you know, gets out from underneath her to leave her to well, sleep. Well, and like, did you set an alarm? Like, she's kind of waking up. Uh, but she, you uh, can tell she's still totally asleep. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, disentangling himself from her. And he gets up and Safi has arrived. And he sees this whole thing happen. God bless Safi. <laughs> and he sees all the sweetness. And he totally calls him out. Oh, yeah. He's like... Because uh, Sarkon's like, what, you know, what, what are you doing here? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I came to make you guys some breakfast. And he's all, um, what what does he say? He's, he's like, that measures your pulse, right? That's right. <laughs> that's right. And he like, then at that point, Sarkon kind of like storms outside. Well, no, Ida wakes up. It's still going off. And she's like, you still haven't shut it off? Because she just thinks it's like an alarm clock. Right, right. And he's like, it's broken. It's broken. And he, like, shows her. He's like, the bathroom's upstairs. You know, you can go get fresh up, freshened up. Well, and it'll, like, turn off. And then it'll turn back on. And as he watches her go up the stairs, it spikes Uh again. (laughs) And he's, like, all frustrated. And he's like, ah, get a grip. Like, talking to him. And he walks outside. And then he takes it off and, like, dangles it. (laughs) Like that's gonna He's help. like, it's broken. The thing is broken for sure. Oh my gosh. So then they're having breakfast and Edda's like, Oh, you took your watch off. And he's like, Yeah, it was broken. Like <laughs> No, Sarkhan. Uh so the manager calls, explains again that he that they're not coming. Yeah. So she's like, Well, thank you. Have a good day. And she's like, We did all of this in vain. Like I know. he's she's not coming. And he's like, oh, she'll be here in an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, of course she will be. Yep. She's like, you sent her Leave a private it to jet. Zarkon. Now it's funny because she's like, okay, well, he's going to get his dog. And he's like, wait, he just left his dog with you? Uh-huh. And she's like, well, people just trust me, I guess. <laughs> so they head back to his house. Mm-hmm. And he, when they arrive, they see her car that hasn't been working mm-hmm. and he's like look something needs to be done about your car it's otherwise it's just gonna keep breaking down and you'll have men like Khan who have to help you all the time 
<laughs> we like... love a protective <laughs> man. Listen, you guys. The I super appreciated this because, again, dude has not admitted his feelings at all. Yet, he's like, we need to do something about your car. We need to make sure this. Now, before my husband and I were dating. Oh, gosh. And mind you, he had not mentioned any word of interest in me. Well, that's also just Jason, it, too, though. It absolutely yeah. is. But he, one of the, like, first things he did for me was, like, um, so I noticed uh, he's a plumber. He had come and Ashley's family had known him. If you guys have listened to some of our previous episodes, you know that. But um, so he had been to mine and Ashley's house a few times to mm-hmm. fix our garbage disposal. And then one of the other times he came, he was like, um, listen, I don't want to overstep, but I noticed that like your car has really bad tires. Like they're super bald. Like I'd like to buy you some tires. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? Like. <laughs> You want to buy me tires? And I was like, what in the world? So, anyways. He never offered me tires, guys. <laughs> and he's known Ashley longer than he's known me. So, but I, I wasn't the one that he liked <laughs> or didn't realize uh, he liked yet. Uh-huh. That's a yes. Yeah, so, this just totally reminded me of that. And I just, I really loved this scene because of that. Because, yeah, my husband was, like, super insistent on buying tires for my car because he was concerned for my safety, which I'm sure he was. Like, yeah, that's just my husband. He likes to help people. But, yeah, it – anyways, so. Meanwhile. Yeah. Oh, this – now we have a sad scene. I know. This scene broke my heart. I know. Because Idon has Bobby and he gets up and takes off. Mm -hmm. And so she's running after him. She's like, Bobby, Bobby, because – her stinking dog right. of course you're gonna panic you don't want the dog to run away well he doesn't know the boundaries because it's not his house exactly so he's running she's chasing he exits the property mm-hmm. and she just can't even to go save this dog she stops in her tracks she starts crying mm-hmm. she's panicking she's, she's like you're gonna get out. hit by a car please don't move guys it's it's awful. clearly watch the episode if you're listening to this it's awful yeah and she's like safety where are you when i need you and thankfully he's right there Mm -hmm. he probably had seen what had happened and followed her out and he goes and grabs bobby and brings him back and edda happened to arrive and be walking up at that same time to go get the dog so she sees this whole thing transpire yeah so you can see more of not that idon isn't hasn't been human before now but you see more of her her humanity Mm -hmm. and sees more of her humanity right which is a really big step for the two of them agree and we do get a tiny bit of comic relief because safety's like well good thing he's not like serious and he (laughs) actually likes me yeah (laughs) so back at the nursery flower shop um i said i am fifi regarding edda because she when she gets home i literally had written this down earlier but when Fifi said it, I was like, okay. She's like, how do you look this good? Like, how? After sleeping all night? Well, she says uh, she assumed she was up all night working oh. on the project. So I wanted to know how she looked that good after sleeping all night on a couch. Yeah. But Fifi's like, you were up all night working. And she's like, oh, she's like, I look this good because I slept very sweetly. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And then Ifer's like, um, I thought you worked all night. Yeah. And she's like, I did. I did fall asleep, but I fell asleep at work. It's not right. that weird for the kind of project we were doing. Yeah. 
Because before then, Melo and Fifi kind of panic and they're like, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, see ya. So, so, yeah, Edda kind of just explains. She's like, look, we were, like you said, the type of project we were doing, it's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. It really was working. Yeah. I'm going to go take a shower yeah. and watch Bobby. Yep. <laughs> so, meanwhile, we switch back over to the holding. Fairy brings breakfast sandwiches to her, to uh, Saline and for him and Saline to eat. And she's like, oh, I kind of love this because she's like, oh, you made a sandwich? And he's like, I know I don't compare to Sercon, but I can do things too. I was like, dang, he got that dig in. Yes, he did. She just uses the opportunity to scold him regarding the contract. Yeah. Because she's like, she, you know, reveals that she lied for him. And he's like, you lied for me? Yeah. He's actually really shocked by that. Mm-hmm. And so I put, I actually, I really kind of love him because he's like, listen, I'll tell them the truth. I'll ask for forgiveness. Like, he's ready to be honest about everything. Well, and she's stressed out about that because she's like, well, you don't know Sercon and he's our, he's my client and he'll just get really mad. And it's like, I don't care about Sercon. I love that so much. Like, he's like, I don't care if he forgives me. I don't care if he gets mad at me. Like, he doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. Yep. Yes. I and mean, you still shouldn't have done that. It was a screwed up thing. We covered that last episode. Totally. But he has 100% a valid point here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he knows that he needs to tell the truth in right. this situation. Yep. But he still disagrees with Celine that Khan is dangerous. Because she's like, well, you need to be careful about Khan mm-hmm. because he's dangerous. And he's like, I think you're exaggerating. Yeah. So clearly this isn't the end of fairy being the demise of totally <laughs> something totally. regarding Sarkon. Yes. When it comes to Khan. Uh, so the team's at the house. Um, and it's funny because he asks <laughs> Layla. Again, we activate pool draining Sarkon. Yeah. Because he's like, where's Edda? She's like, oh, I think she's outside talking to someone. And so he goes over to the door and he looks outside and he's like, oh, oh, great. Well, he's like, he's like, Layla. (laughs) Yes. Then he calls Layla over over. and she comes over and he goes, is this the same guy Edda met yesterday? Right. Who's this man? And she says, yes, the one I said was handsome and you didn't think so. (laughs) And he's like, that doesn't matter, Layla. (laughs) He's like, what's going on here? What's he doing? She's like, him? Oh, that's Berenbe, manager of Sevda. And he's like, oh, so it's her manager. He goes, she's like, yeah, you must see the list of artists he manages. She's like, he has all kinds of artists on hand. Besides, he lives in California. And he's like, or in America. And she's like, he's like, great, in America. She's like, yeah, botany is his hobby. He has his own botanical garden in California. And he's like, botany? And he's thinking... Warning, uh-huh. warning. He's like, great. These are all things that she's interested in. He's yep. like, botany, art, art, music. music. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All I kept thinking was like, uh, Jake on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And he's like, oh, cool, 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 And he's like, well, Edda will be delighted. And he's like, like, great. That's something of interest her. They have stuff in common. He's like, um, Layla. And she's like, yes. And he's like, you know the engagement ring I bought Edda? And she's like, yes, very beautiful. The one with the flower. He's like, uh-huh. He's like, he's like, you can tell that it's an engagement <laughs> ring, right? Like, it all, like maybe if it only had one big stone, 
And she's like, no, no, it's obvious. It's so big that it's hard to miss it. I like, loved that. She's like, it's, you can't even miss it. And he's like, well, true. It is hard to miss. <laughs> and he's like, okay, Guzel, Guzel. And she says, Sarakombe. And he's like, you can go now. Like, <laughs> I, oh, I love it so I love it so much. Yeah. I love when he's I jealous. love seeing him all self-conscious and Yes, self-conscious. Yes. And he's like, you can tell that that's an engagement uh-huh. ring, right? It's only five carats and can be seen from outer space. Yeah. But nope, you can't tell. <laughs> but Layla, you can tell, right? I wrote he's engaged. I wrote Alexa, play jealous by Nick Jonas. <laughs> So oh, he man. ends up walking out there because he's like done. Like I'm gonna introduce myself to this dude, and he's like, yeah. "Hi, Serkan Bola," and he's like, you know, introduces himself. <laughs> and Edda's like, "Yeah, isn't his dog so cute?" <laughs> <laughs> and Serkan's like, "I have a dog too," <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Evet." Like, yeah, and his, I can like more than and she's one like, dog. yes, and his name is Sirius. She's like, maybe I'll come visit him today. I miss him, and he's like, he'll smell your betrayal. You better not come. But I, I also have a dog. I was like crying it's when I so saw him good. Like, oh my god. Like, oh, Sirkon, are you 12? <laughs> I am a dog, you have too. a crush on is, is petting another boy's dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, all this happens. Oh. Saved arrives. Ooh. And dun-dun-dun-dun, who is it? <laughs> but it's Eileen. Yes, it is. It's Eileen from Erkin Jikush. Yeah. She's only got this little spot, I though. know. I was kind of bummed. I thought she was going to have, like, more of a, like, side character role, like, introduction. Yeah. But I said I I really loved her Cruella de Vil look. Yes. And she comes to inspect the house. It Like, she's, of course, being super persnickety. And we start to hear what some of the ridiculous things of her writer are. Yeah, she's like, like north-facing like, windows. Yeah, she's, and- well, she's like, didn't we want the light to come from the north? And I love Pearl's like, well, we don't control the direction of the sun. Yeah. Because <laughs> light is going to come from the east and move towards the west. Yeah. So even if you have north-facing windows, the light's not going to directly come in through there. Yeah. And she's talking about the lampshades and all of this crazy yes. stuff. And basically, she's ripping the whole thing to shreds. Absolutely. And she's like, sorry, but this isn't going to work for me. Well, and I love it because the whole time the, tre- the team's trying to placate, like, well, we did our best. We did this. We did that. Yeah. Sarkon's just sitting. Yes. On the couch, not saying a word. He checks his watch every so often, which is, I feel like that's such a Sercon thing. Like, yeah. Because he does that a lot. Like, someone has a thread on Twitter of all the times, all he, the checks times he just checks his watch oh, throughout the episodes. Yeah. Um, so he's just listening, observing. He kind of is making faces. As, mm-hmm. You know, things are being said. But like you said, saved a walks. She's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. See ya. And... I, well, oh. I love that Peril tells her, like, oh, don't yeah, you yeah. dare let her make you feel bad about this. Yes. Like, don't you feel like a failure? This is on her. I, I meet people like her all the time. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do. They're never happy. Like, yes. I I loved that. Yeah. So. It was it was a nice redeeming moment for Pearl. Where it does concern. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. Because as far as we know, Pearl, like, hates Ada. Right. Well, and then, you know, we got a hint of it, too, at the 
beginning because she had told her like edda you don't have to go talk to them we'll leave with you the yes. other way uh-huh. you shouldn't do this like and she went against her friend like mm-hmm. she went against Celine. so and it's nice that she's not necessarily black or white in this situation yes she's allowing herself to judge edda based on these different circumstances yes and to be like no i saw how hard you worked mm-hmm. on this and like you said, yeah, I know people like this. There's no way she'll be happy ever. Right. So this is not your fault. Yeah. And Edda basically is like, well, she's not getting away with this. And I'm going to tear her to pieces. Uh-huh. So she chases after her and she's opening, Sevda is opening the door and Edda shuts the door and she's like, no, you're not getting away from me this quickly. How, what a rude and selfish person you are. Yep. And she starts tearing into her. I lo- well, and everyone like ran like, Edda, don't do it. Don't do it. And Zerkon just slowly strolls in behind everybody else. Does not join in on the trying to stop her. Nope. Literally props himself against the staircase. Uh-huh. Like, doesn't say anything. Doesn't say a word. And, except for. Well, yeah, because they're like, shouldn't we go out there? Mm-hmm. Or shouldn't you go and say something? And he's like, no, she can handle herself. Love it. And I was like, Yes. He knows. Mm -hmm. He believes in her and he knows exactly that, that she can handle herself in this situation. So So we find out 24 minutes have passed. Yes. Uh (laughs) And he's like, and they're like, can Edda really tear her apart? And it's funny because Sarkon's like, well, I guess. I don't really know her very well. And Engin goes, (laughs) your fiance? Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I I, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant to say, like, she's unpredictable. You know, I mean, she she put me in handcuffs. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So nice save. Uh So they end up coming back in and Edda's like, Sevda Jim. (laughs) (laughs) And Sarah comes all, Sevda Jim. Because that's like a little pet name. That's like saying my dear. Yeah. 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 So he's like, oh, clearly they're friends now. Mm-hmm. They're not just, they're on like a, on friendly terms. You don't just call anybody Jim. Uh-huh. So she has <laughs> shamed her. Love it. And convinced her to stay. Mm-hmm. Even though she was apparently not happy with the situation. Right. Not happy with the house. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So Edda has saved the day. <sighs> she has. And she's impressed everybody. Yep. Meanwhile, Celine and Perel are chatting back at work. Yeah. Read the whole contract. And Sercon, Celine is basically like, this isn't as innocent as they claim. I have all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love that Perel's like, can you please be reasonable? Like, do you not, can you not, like, dig into this? Can you just leave it alone? Yeah. Well, because she, I think, is worried that if Celine keeps digging too hard, that she's going to end up not being with the company mm-hmm. or she's going to have to leave or something. Because Pearl's like, you're one of the only people at work I can relate to, right. I can talk straight to, I can share my heart with. Can you please just, like, chill yeah. so that nothing happens? Yep. And, um... So, we then switch over to Idan. That's um, right. She's with the horse with the broken leg. Right. And she's talking with Sarakon at first. Yeah. Um. And, because, you know, he walks up and she's like, how are you, babe? Like, um, and, sorry, I'm trying to get to these. She's like, how did it go with the house project? Mm-hmm. He's like, we're still working on it. And, and I... 
I don't like you know this Sevda is explosive, right? She has problems <laughs> with her mind. Now she's talking about Edda, yes. I assume. Yeah. And he says, Yes, yes. Today we saw what Sevda outbursts look like. Uh-huh. She's like, and you know what? Sometimes when she's not around, I still hear her voice heard from a distance. Does that happen to you too? And she's like, She's like, say, say, Lam, I came, I'm here. Like, Edda's walking in. She's, and Idon's like, like right now. See, do you hear that? <laughs> like she's haunting uh-huh. Idon. So Edda walks up to Serkan and she's like, I came for you. <laughs> Serkan says, what's wrong, Sevda? <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean by Sevda? Is it because of, is it because of this lady? Like she's kind of joking about Idon. Yeah. She's like, she, you started calling me Sevda too great it's like there's a party tonight that's why i came for you and he's like oh say hello to feet bay for me parties are not for me mm-hmm. and she's like and i said a long time ago that we would come <laughs> she's like he even reserved a seat for you next to him it's like ada i have work to do she's like okay i'll wait <laughs> it's like and i'll just talk to your mom while you finish that and get ready right i didn't hunt him uh-huh and he's like okay and he like i guess i'll see you late in a little bit yeah oh so, so that was easily won. Um, so Edda walks over and starts chatting with Idon, and she asks what happened to the horse. Mm-hmm. And uh, Idon explains, oh, his leg is broken. You know, normally a horse with a broken leg would be put down mm-hmm. because they're useless. They can't put their weight on it anymore. She's like, but not us. We're going to – she kind of says, like, we have more hope here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to support this sweet horse and help him to heal. So we hear her headache is acting up again. So Edda's like, hey, I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And Idon is very skeptical at first. Mm-hmm. But she's like, well, all right, I guess. <laughs> so we we switch over and Edda's giving her like a massage. She's massaging her temples. Mm-hmm. And she ends up bringing her some lavender to help her calm down relax her and she does help get rid of her headache mm-hmm. so she i don't mask over her yeah she's like mm-hmm. shocked that she actually helped her <laughs> so edda's like okay let's try something mm-hmm. you have lavender fields right and she's like yes she's like well why don't we put the mask on you we can walk you through the the fields so that you're nice and relaxed and i I and the whole reason for the mask too mm-hmm. was so basically like your eyes aren't working so it focuses your other senses so that right. you'll smell the lavender better. Right. So let me see. So she's walking her through the grounds mm-hmm. and Edda ends up walking her out of the property. Right. And she takes her it's not far. She takes her like a few feet out a of the steps. gate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then let's go of her hands. And Idon takes a couple more steps. She's just kind of there. And then Edda um, grabs her hands back and then leads her back mm-hmm. inside. So Idon doesn't realize that she's gone out, out of the property. And Safi actually sees this. Mm-hmm. And he is overcome. He's yeah. like crying. He's very excited for Idon. And um, Ed, uh, you know, tells him, like, okay, shh, yeah. don't say anything. <laughs> right. Um, and then she leads her back, and that's kind of the end of that little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, we'll, I'll just say this now. We'll get back yeah. to this part because 
you know, Idon does eventually find out. Yes. And we'll, we'll get to that too. Um, I, we just know there were a lot of reactions and feelings about how this scene went down on Twitter. Yes. Um, and initially from the fragment, we don't really know what was going to happen. So then once the Yeah, the context was a little unclear. Yes. So, you know, we waited until the episode actually aired to, you know, so we have the whole story basically. Right. And, you know, we, we're not mental health experts. We did chat with our friend who is one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said even, she definitely had mixed feelings about how this was done in the episode. Sure. Um, you know, so we just want to say if this was something that upset you or bothered you or anything like you're absolutely entitled to your feelings. I know there were a lot of people arguing, Yeah, you know, and it is not our place to tell anyone how they should or shouldn't feel about that, especially right. if they are dealing with their own form of anxiety and in, in right. any way, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be agoraphobia like it is for Idon. Sure. But, you know, because there's no one size fits all quote solution, treatment, right, cure, whatever you want to call any of this. So, um, and you know, in, in this particular plot situation, mm-hmm. Idon ended up being happy right. about it. And Safi obviously was happy. And it was meant to be a nice moment. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, it's not like something like this is necessarily a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, just don't think that you're going to help your friend's anxiety or anything yes. by, you know, secretly forcing them to do something right that they may or may not be ready for so this is yeah so we just wanted to put that out there we didn't want anyone to feel like we were you know defending this or do anything that basically would sound like we're against anyone who was upset by this you absolutely have yeah any right to feel how you felt about how this scene um went down yes definitely um, and, but we'll get, and we'll get back to how this all played out, um, mm-hmm. in a couple scenes, but, um, so they now are leaving the property. Yeah. Sarkhan and Edda, they're driving to the party. Yes. And I love it because he puts the top down for her because he knows she likes to drive that well, way. Well, she asks him. She's like, will you put the top down so we can smell the forest? Oh, and- that's right. And he's yeah. like, okay. And he just does it. Yeah. And I love it because she's like, too bad we didn't actually bet on Fikrit Bay's house because- I would have won. And I put, this is questionable, but I'll allow it. Because yeah. the only reason she technically won the bet was because of Sarah Was because Sarah <laughs> helped her. But he clearly feels the same way, questionable, but I'll allow it. Because he says, well, we still can. Let's uh-huh. say that you won. What do you want? And she looks at him like, hmm, like kind of thinking about it. And then he says, <laughs> now when this was live, I didn't realize how this played out so i like melted into a puddle i still Mm -hmm. melted into a puddle but with the context he says don't look at me so beautifully my mind tells me to look at the road but i can't take my eyes off of you and edda is like what uh uh she's speechless uh but he's like it's what the it's what the quote says he like points to the truck (laughs) and she's like oh uh yeah, very cute. Because he's like you. He's like you like those, don't you? And she's like, uh huh. And like takes a picture of the quote. Now listen, dude knew what he was doing. Oh, so yes, he did. <laughs> he wanted to see that look on her face. Uh huh. He, he was trying to get a reaction out of her. So 
Yeah, I wrote this fool knew exactly what he was doing because, again, he smiles when she's all flustered and taking the picture. Yeah. So it's very cute. Uh, so Ingen and Peril are on the way to the party and he's like, you look good in blue. Like he's complimenting her outfit. Yeah. And of course she's like, well, you know, it inspires confidence and it shows that to those around you and it's a in a professional environment. And he's like, you chose your outfit for a party based on work. <laughs> like, yeah. And they kind of start talking about how they're very different because uh-huh. he's like. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I love days like this when everything is happening. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I love days when there's peace. And <laughs> except every day, everything is happening uh-huh. and I have to just deal with it. <laughs> and they kind of chat about his foot and how he's like, He's kind of trying to be sweet because he's like, oh, I'll probably need rides with you Yeah, you'll more. have to take me for more, pick, pick me up a lot more often for and a while. And she's like, good thing you have Duran then. <laughs> and part of me is like, I can't blame her. But I know. <laughs> I know. Okay. So Fifi and Melo are waiting for Edda to arrive at the party. Yes. So Fifi starts to grill her regarding this mystery man. Because Melo starts describing a very specific type of man they might like they might see encounter or at encounter party. at the party. But Melo, you know, keeps it on the deal. She doesn't really answer. <laughs> yeah. And um, we switch over to the follow-up scene for this gate thing. Yes. Um, Safi brings Idon a message from Edda. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, playing on like their iPad. And, you know, she's like, she's like, what do you mean a message from Edda? She's like, I'll play it. And she's like. Um, I Hanim, like I, you know, I hope I didn't cross a line. I just really wanted you to see that you're capable of doing the impossible, like you're capable of doing anything. Mm-hmm. And you know, so you you can see where her motives and her heart was, right, in this. And you know, so then she's like, okay, what was that about? And Safi's like, well, there's another video, and he mm-hmm. plays the security camera footage, and she sees herself walk out the gate, and she's. She's like, Safi, is that me? Mm-hmm. Like, she just can't believe it. And he tells her, congratulations. Yeah, and they're both crying. Yes. And she's like, can I watch it again? Like, you know, she just can't believe that's her. Yeah. So again, wow, this clearly <laughs> worked out because it's a plot written show. Yes. So clearly. It's a fictional it's show. It's a fictional, <laughs> yes, show where the, you know, writer writer writers knew Mm -hmm. this is how it was going to play out right um so it worked for the sake of the plot well and to me i think the whole point of this was specifically for idon and edda to have this moment right like so i i don't something to grow their relationship yeah i think mm -hmm. that was the intent of it whether or not this was the best way to do it. Absolutely. Because there could have been plenty of other ways yeah. to do something like this. I mean, even the whole thing with the headache was already, like, a really yeah. good step in that direction. Like, yes. just that she helped her get rid of that physical pain. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. <laughs> Anyhow. Um. So, okay. This moment is probably my favorite. And it's just such a little thing, but I love it so much because Edda and Serkan arrive at the party. The girls are all like, oh, my gosh, you look beautiful. You know, you just you guys look so pretty, blah, blah, yes. blah. And then Serkan walks up and tells the girls that they look beautiful. He does. And then he said, and of course, because Milo's like, brother-in-law again. Uh-huh. And he's like, you <laughs> girls look beautiful. And he says, listen, you guys wanted to go out to dinner and talk. You guys yeah. wanted to have a talk with me. 
whenever you want to do that, you let me know. We can do that. Listen, he literally has zero reason to do this, you oh, guys. yeah. He did not have to bring it back up. He did not have to remind them. They're already potentially a significant amount of time into this fake relation right. into this two month uh-huh. period relationship well according to the fragment there's only a couple weeks left for this next upcoming episode yeah so, so why would he uh-huh. want to get attached to these girls uh-huh. unless he really cared for edda yeah and them clearly uh-huh. because so i love that because like i said we saw these cute little moments with him and melo and then yep. it leads up to him being like okay like i you know almost like i'm an open book yep which is not Sarah Khan. No. But he is like, yeah, let's do this. And Sarah Khan five episodes ago would not have agreed to do this at all. And he basically didn't. Like yeah. when they first brought They're, it up. He was like, okay. See ya. Let's bye. go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. this, oh, I, I just wrote this man. He loves her because there's literally no other reason for him to. Now, if they had brought it up and been like, hey. And yeah, but him they being like, brought okay, it up one yeah, time. Sure, they haven't go. been nagging him about it. Exactly. They only brought it up mm-hmm. the once. Mm-hmm. He is the he one. He wants to. He is the instigator mm-hmm. in this situation. He wants to. Yep. He wants to prove himself to them for a night. Oh, I love it. So, meanwhile, Fikret is singing and does praises. Oh, my calling gosh, her like I love a it. fairy godmother. Yes, she turns everything to, to magic. magic. <laughs> and he's like, you're very lucky, Sarkhan Bay. And Sarah Khan just kind of laughs and he has this wry smile and mm-hmm. he's like, yes, I am very lucky. <laughs> I love it. So then it's party time. We get kind of party scene montage a little bit. Yeah, it's Everybody... funny. We don't actually see the inside of this party No, because they all walk in. They all walk in because the party's getting started. Like, yeah. it's time to go dance. The music's playing. Meanwhile, Ed Sarah's kind of lingering back yes. before they walk in. Uh-huh. And they do their whole, hmm like they have their own little language with that their eye contact and their little size oh, are yeah. like they're a language of their own and you know she says to him you don't want to go in because of all the people right and he's like evet and he's like but you want to go in of course it all suits you botany music <laughs> art <laughs> <laughs> oh drain the pool drain the pool <laughs> But she looks at him and she's like, so those wishes we talked about, uh-huh. like you, those well, wishes. They're talking about the bet, right? Yes. That, yes. Like she's, she's talking about how she, quote, won. supposedly won the bet mm-hmm. and how he'll give her whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought. Because she says wishes. Right. But I was like, the, the way that he responds he, and how he's like, yes. And how she's like, yeah, you said you would give me anything I want. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, they're obviously talking about the bet. Yes. Yeah, because he's like, Evet. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so she leans in and mm-hmm. she whispers in his ear. We don't hear what she whispers. No, but he laughs. Oh, my gosh. The way he laughs, too. Yeah. <gasps> and Ugh. he's like, no. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and but she's you... like, please. Listen, Hyundai <laughs> knows how to do those doe-eyed, like, oh, yeah, sweet little... She makes the puppy face. Yes, accompanied the begging with the, puppy face the that you Lutfen, can't Lutfen. that you can't deny. Evet, Evet, Lutven. Uh-huh. And, and he's like Edda, and he tells her, "Don't look at me like that." And then the next scene, he what do you know? Like a Ritz cracker, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he does <laughs> because 
we get a scene of him. It's very short. Oh, yes. Yeah, so short. I felt a little bit ripped off, but <laughs> I'm holding out hope that we will get a flashback to this later. This is the other scene I was saying I bet we'll get a flashback yeah. to later. Because there was no way this was like 10 minutes and then they left. No. There's no way. So it's clear that he plays the guitar for her and mm-hmm. she's just kind of enjoying it. She's got her chin propped on her yeah. hand. You know, there's a reason that musicians get a lot of girls mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is very, I mean, I'm a musician myself, and there's something about musicians uh-huh. where you're like, oh, uh-huh. look, look at that. Look at how talented you uh-huh. are. Oh. I wrote, yeah, he plays the guitar for her. Bye. I'm dead. Yep. yep. Because the way he's smiling while he's playing for yes. her, because, because of what plays out right after this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's never played for anyone else before. It's always been just for him well, well for his brother really but and how big of a deal is this that uh-huh. not only is he playing the guitar for her he took her to that uh-huh. secret place yep and that's where he's playing for yes because he's playing in the place he was at the day before yep that we're not sure what it is yet but mm-hmm. clearly it's significant yeah so you know that we it clips it sh- ends way too quickly after a few seconds yeah and they're walking out and it's clear that they shared something Oh, yeah. Because there's this, like, I don't want to call it awkwardness, but a little bit because it's clear that something intimate was shared between them. Yes. And because he kind of won't really look her in the eye. Uh-huh. And he looks – this is the very first time I've ever seen him look unsure of himself. Mm. It's one thing when he's, like, jealous or, like, what's going on with that pool teacher with this. Right. He looks, like, bashful and unsure, like, because he just basically, you know – like, yeah, that's a huge step of vulnerability for him. Absolutely. In a way, beyond anything he's opened up even thus far. Oh, yeah. Um, He's like, it's very raw. Mm-hmm. It's very raw. Yeah. And so she just goes in and gives him a hug, which is clearly what they both needed in that moment. Yeah. Because he like kind of sinks into it. Well, and okay, I know that we love those kisses mm-hmm. that they've shared the, the few that they've had because they have had to or whatever. But this, there is something about a hug mm-hmm. that is comforting and yep. intimate. And this was a very deep connection between the two of them. Yes. I was just going to say, yeah, this is more because first of all, both times they kissed. Well, the engagement party was like a half to kiss. The one at the end of the first episode wasn't a have to but it wasn't but it was just an impulsive it was an impulsive like i'm gonna prove some i'm gonna prove to my ex like yes they, you know they didn't know each other at all right this is a completely different oh, situation absolutely so it yeah because the way they're holding each other their you know their grip is tightening mm-hmm. there's even a little bit of like kind of you leaning. know leaning <laughs> and her hands moving up and down on his back yeah and in both of their faces, mm-hmm. you see something click. Yeah. And now what's interesting to me is I said, you see something click, um, but it seemed to me for him it clicked like, oh, whoa. Like, mm-hmm. but almost like he was like good with it. Like it was like a comforting thing that clicked. 
she looks a little freaked out by it. Yeah, like it clicked for she's her. She's maybe panicking but a little bit. Yes, it looks <laughs> upon w- the realization of feelings. Uh-huh. Whereas yeah. he's not, and I would have anticipated the opposite. Mm. I would have expected the more panic look to be on his face, right, than hers. But I think that he has been building up to this a mm-hmm. lot. Like the he's been building up to this earlier than she has, mm-hmm. as far as kind of realizing oh i think yeah. i i think these are feelings uh-huh <laughs> yep <laughs> question mark yeah so meanwhile all this is happening and you know celine of course is spying like the psycho she's becoming yeah and you know i said serves her right to see that he took edda somewhere that he's that she's likely never been with him yeah well and and this Again, does she know this place? Mm-hmm. And has she been there? Right. Or did she just follow him like a stalker because she's crazy? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if she's just being a stalker yeah. or if she was thinking, oh, I wonder where they went. Let me drive by this special location because I I know where it is. Right. Um. So then, yeah, he... And I wrote, yeah, their light bulb moment happens. He seems almost comforted. She looks freaked out. We have some pullback and intense eye contact. And mm-hmm. then the end. end of the episode. Yeah. So um, my personal wishes are for flashback <laughs> scenes of those two scenes I mentioned that we just got way too short of a peek of the boat and the oh, guitar yeah. playing. I think what's going to happen is one of them will flashback. What's going to happen is things are going to get messy the angst is coming you guys if you've seen the yeah, fragments we're headed into rough waters aren't we yes okay. if you've seen either of the fragments or both of them for I haven't seen either of them um for well by the time you're hearing this it's probably today's episode yeah um but yeah like we kind of see a shift in Sarkon because he's like uh she's pulling away from me and she's distancing herself mm-hmm. which you think he would want according to episode one and two Sarkon right but um, that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of see his shift, like, where he doesn't want her pulling away. She's realizing, because in one of the fragments, she the way she describes him is clearly a way someone – you describe someone you care about. Mm. And she's realizing, like, I need to, like, put distance between us because of this. So um, I don't know how it's all going to play out. Don't really know what's going to happen, but we're definitely headed into rough waters. Hmm. So I think at some point during their separation, distance, whatever you want to call it, they're each going to kind of cling to these moments. Hmm. So like she'll recall to the boat. Maybe he'll recall back to the guitar. That makes sense. um, And we'll get to see what went down in those scenes. So those are my wishes. Do you have any wishes? (laughs) I don't know that I have anything specific um, or anything that specific. I would like to learn more about her backstory. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if the separation and her potential panic at the developing feelings mm-hmm. is a situation. Because we know that her relationship with Jank was, for the most part, long distance. Mm-hmm. So part of me thinks like okay well has she really been that emotionally mm-hmm. intimate with somebody before and we know that she has been hurt in the past hurt right. in her childhood we know she's got a bad relationship with the grandparents so 
that could be something as far as why she would be the one to kind of freak out. Yeah. Um, and yeah, maybe they kind of need the separation for her to realize, wait, I miss him. Uh-huh. I want to be by him. I actually have feelings, blah, blah, blah. So well, a and- little more insight into her past yeah. because we're getting more and more on him. Right. But she's still a big mystery. Yeah. Yep. Which is funny because it's been so focused on how mysterious, you know, Serkan and his family's past is. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. We've gotten a lot more of that. Yep. Well, and I think, too, we're going to come across, like, because there's a scene where there are flowers sent. And in the episode summary, it seems like um, Edda sends them to Celine on Serkan's behalf. Mm. And so we, like, there's theories that, like, the note that's on the, was written by Edda. Oh, and, of okay. course, they're comparing it to, like, her chalkboard writings okay. and stuff, you know? And it's signed Serkan Bola, which I don't think he would sign that to mm. Celine. He would sign that to something to Ada because they yes. first and last name each other. That's their thing. Right. Um, so I think that she sends those flowers with this note on them that's like, I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so happy to have you in it. Because I think she's trying to speed up the whole, quote, reunion of them so she can sure. get out of this contract right. and protect her heart. Because that was part of the... Uh, contract yes if everything gets fixed before the two months then it's done they can call it quits so i think she's trying to uh speed that up Mm. fast track that and he i think when it comes down to it when he finally gets to talk with celine Mm -hmm. about what i think for him it's basically you need to choose between fairy and me but not in the way everyone thinks it's going to be in a professional sense in a way that protects his company yeah and he i think at this point is going to want to get that over with so that he can then go, like, maybe confess or, like, try to tell Ida how he's feeling. But right. it's obviously going to be misunderstood because she's going to be like, oh, look, they're talking. Right. He's getting back together with her. So I think it's going to create a, you know, G, capital G, giant, capital M misunderstanding mm. that's going to ride out for an episode or two. So. Yeah. Anyhow. Yes, we'll see. Yes, we'll see very soon. So anyhow, if you guys think we missed anything or you have other theories or interpretations of these scenes, let us know. We want to hear from you. Um, other than that, find us on social media at Dizzy for Dizzy at G or uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Dizzy for Dizzy podcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. I read a couple new reviews um, that we got, and they're just so sweet. We love reading them, you guys. So thank you for that. Thank you to everyone tuning in. We keep getting more and more listeners every week, which is just crazy to me um but we love it so um anyhow we'll be back uh later on with by yon lish coverage so until then post a call